Welcome to another episode of The Artistic Director. I'm sitting here with Dana Smith. Dana, how are you doing? I'm so good. You asked me right as I took a drink. Yeah, I'm doing sorry. great. I'm sorry. No, yeah. it's okay. I'm doing um, great. Yeah, we're sitting <laughs> in my car. We're sitting in your car right now because there's dogs so everywhere. So many barking dogs. Yeah, and they're just um, uh, very intrusive on yeah. audio yeah, definitely. podcast. But um, regardless of that, uh, for the listener who doesn't know who you are, mm-hmm. can you give a brief history of uh, your experience in the theater realm in terms of performance and directing and playwriting uh, that led you to being the artistic director of Campfire Theater? Yep, Campfire yeah. Theater Festival. Thank I you. can do that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, like a lot of theater people, I've been doing theater since I was like a little small child. Mm-hmm. I took acting classes. Obviously, I was like probably eight or nine, so something not super intense. Which led to doing theater in middle school, which led to doing theater in high school, which led to doing theater in college, and then to doing theater after until now. So I've been doing it for the majority of my life. Nice. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. Um, So I'm going to start out the podcast with a big ambiguous question that I Uh ask all of my guests. Uh, Feel free to answer it in any way, shape, or form. You so please. Okay. Uh, The question is simply, what is your artistic direction? What is my artistic direction? Does that mean like... How do I artistic direct? <laughs> yeah, it, well, I, guess, I guess in terms of like either, I... either personal or in terms of uh, the Campfire Theater Festival, mm-hmm. uh, either or. How I approach it? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. How I approach my artistic direction. So I think have, being like a fledgling organization, we're trying to figure out where we're going and what we want to be and how we want people to perceive us and what the thing is. And I think for me right now, having not even done our festival one time. I think the things that I'm thinking about most are um, people. So, of course, picking, you know, the right people to be on your team is picking people that are going to bring the right spirit to the thing, people that have the same sort of vision. Plays, I think that picking the work that we're doing is part of the most important part of my my work right now in terms of there's so... I feel like we're sort of in, like, a golden age of theater right now, and I feel like there's so much coming out in terms of play selection, that it's, like, sort of a smor- like smorgasbord of what you want to pick and, like, who you want your organization to be. So figuring out what direction you want to go with that and how you want to choose those things. Obviously, there's so many battles going on right now with, like, gender parity and representation and all these different things. So these are all different things to think about. So I feel like when I'm choosing plays, we knew really early on that we didn't want to be doing, like, The Crucible. Right? Yeah. Like, that's just yeah. not who we wanted to be. We didn't want to be doing these things that, like, have been done over and over and over. We want to be bringing these new voices in. So choosing the right plays is like a tough, a tough thing. And then I feel like a, a big part of the way I approach what I'm doing with the organization is the way that we're coming across to the public. So basically how we're being perceived and the kind of, I don't want to say brand because it sounds really markety, yeah. but also like even down to the name yeah. of the group, like we had to, we had, we fought for days and days and days and days and days and days and days about what we were going to call the festival. And there was a, a moment in time when it was called the Boise Fringe Festival. And we were like, well, that's super fun and yeah. exciting and also not really what we were doing. So we were like, hey, we need to find a name. And it took days and days and days and days just because we didn't know exactly um, how we wanted to pitch ourselves. And did we want to be really serious? Did we want to be, you know, really like fun did we want to be like a party festival and all these different names really came into that so i think the way that we are reaching out to people in the community and showing who we are and the kind of work that we want to do and getting people involved is a big part of what i do so those are the things that i 
I'm really thinking about as I'm making decisions and choosing people and choosing plays and like trying to put a neat little bow on the organization, which is difficult. Yeah. So so you are about a year ago, you started Mm -hmm. uh, planning this. What, um, what was the inciting incident? Like, why did this Mm -hmm. whole thing start? Absolutely. So I recently was in Minnesota. I was living in Minneapolis and I was doing an internship at the Playwright Center. And just before I moved there in like, I think June or July, I was, um, really looking into like the theater scene there and what they were doing and thinking of ways that I can get involved. And in August they do a fringe festival every year. Mm -hmm. And having never lived in a city that has a fringe festival, I wasn't super sure what it was or like what the deal with it was. But as I was Googling and such, I discovered that basically every big city has a fringe festival. And so I was like, okay, why doesn't Boise have a festival or something like Mm -hmm. that? You know? And this is like exactly as I was moving out of Boise. So it wasn't like super timely because then literally I moved to Minnesota, but I just kept thinking like, okay, if we're, if we're trying to be the city that is trying to like, show prospective people that we've got this, like, vibrant art scene, you know, which we totally do, this vibrant theater scene, like, we need to continue to make more opportunities, and we need to continue to make more choices for people, and so that was one of the things I was like, we should bring one more thing, we should do one more thing, and especially because I am a recent graduate, and a lot of my friends are recent graduates, we're like, okay, what do we do with our time with, you know, we are trying to make money, but also like do this thing that we have our degree in that we love to do. So we had all these people, all these resources, all these talents that had nowhere to go. So it kind of seemed like a no brainer. Yeah. So that was like, I think June or July. And then we just like, I texted two of my friends, Amanda Boschnagel and Caitlin Susan, who are the other staff members. And we were like, we should do this festival. And they're like, okay, like immediately, like no, no, nothing. They were like, yeah, great. And we started planning immediately and I think I was in Hawaii I was like on vacation and we were like <laughs> skyping and stuff so so it started pretty much immediately so we have been planning it for a year now when it hits July and it goes up in September so a year and two three months okay yeah and, and when is the festival itself the, the festival itself is September 15th through 17th okay awesome yeah uh, so yeah. when you're looking for plays especially as a, like a new because you you don't have any sort of I don't want to say reputation, but you, sure. it, no, it totally. hasn't existed yet. Yeah. Um, how do you go about getting plays as a brand new mm-hmm. um, theater Absolutely. festival? So it was really important to us that we had, um, like I said before, new plays. And it was really important to us that we did a submission process because while working at the Playwright Center, I was super in charge of, not in charge of, but I was curating their online database of submissions. And so I was seeing all the time how many different opportunities there were for playwrights to submit their plays to. And I was like, there's so many different things to submit to. There's so many different people that are like vying for these things. I was like, okay, there's talent out there that is not having their plays read. So I was like, hey, we have to do a submission. So we kind of grabbed different parameters that other submissions had used for theirs. And we cobbled ours together and we posted it, I think in November, we did like a one month submission and you know it's hard because you have to have all of this marketing and you have to have you have to have a voice and it's hard when you have no voice and you're nothing and you're trying to get people to know that this thing is happening and not only if they read it to get them to take it seriously and want to submit to it that's it's hard so i know there were some people that saw it and were like who has gotten chosen for this thing before zero people because it did not exist so that part is hard getting people to to trust it. So we're, we just try to be as professional and tried to be as legit as possible and go, look, this is the thing we're doing. It's our first year. 
but we're looking for like these new works that no one has seen yet by emerging playwrights and send us what you have. So we posted this on all kinds of different websites and we, you know, tried to like push it on social media and stuff. And we got, I think we got like 120 plays from 102 or three playwrights. So we got a a decent chunk for it being our first year. And yeah. And that doesn't sound like a ton, but also reading and like, you know, trying to, like put on a rubric that many plays evaluating that many places is, is, is a lot of work yeah. so it, it felt like a lot once we had that many so and being able to choose from that many is a luxury because you have a choice yeah. at that point so we had a crew of i think 35 readers that i put together from people all over the country a lot of boiseans different theater people who were reading and evaluating and reading again and evaluating again, and it was a super long process. And then once we whittled those down, myself and Amanda and Caitlin read all of the finalists' finalists. So it went through, I think, three different waves. And from November to, I think, March is when we decided was the whole process, and we selected five full-length plays. So it was... It was a lot of work, and it was, I think, harder than I expected it to be, but it was so worth it, because I think the five plays that we picked are really diverse, and they're really the core of like what new great theater is out there great so it's it's exciting how did you market yourself to get that many plays like like what what process did yeah. you go to, to outreach to playwrights we did a couple different things we we went to facebook and we went to the official playwrights of facebook playwright or facebook page i think is what it's called um and then we did a couple of other websites like that we did you know play submissions helper and we did a bunch of things like that um and then we also thought it was important to try to get younger voices out there so we actually um utilized kcactf's nice list of colleges and we emailed a bunch of professors of those theater departments and we said hey we have submissions some of your young playwrights might be interested in this right so like total strangers so that was a ton of work but yeah we wanted to make sure that you know it was people from all different levels and all different places so yeah and then so these these five plays reflect the core of uh I guess the, the idea of this festival. Absolutely. But what is that core? Can you put it into words? Oh, no, that's, a, that's a little hard. To, it is. Yeah. I don't even know if I can put it into words. I think yeah. the one thing about the, the five plays is that they were the ones that we argued about. And they were the ones that, you know, when I think it was, we had 14 plays that were like the final final. And these five, we just kept arguing about and there were some that immediately we were like hey great this one like we know yeah. like we don't have to talk about it because it's yeah. brilliant and then there were some that we we fought about and we were like well what what is this bringing and and who are the you know cast members or the actors and you know what are the different merits of it and we fought and we argued and there was a point where it felt like the three of us were not going to agree and i was like okay well the festival's over it's done <laughs> no i didn't <laughs> but we're like it's over like what are we gonna do and it got to the point where i was like Okay, so isn't this, like, the point that the fact that, like, it's it's starting discussion? And yeah, it's, exactly. Yeah. And so I was like, I actually, even if I don't love the play, I think that the fact that there's so much to say about it and so many different things to discuss is a great thing. So it's a real different, like, hodgepodge kind of thing. So I'm interested to see, because it's our first year, we're probably going to do sort of, like, uh, give us responses and stuff afterward. And I'm interested to see how those selections land on people. Yeah. Yeah. That's so so the three of you on the staff was it ultimately your decision what plays that you picked or was it was it a a uh, democratic It was a democratic okay, decision. Cool. Yeah, and the three of us are also 
the best of friends. And so it's because it's such a, like, you know, passion project for all three of us. If we couldn't agree on it, you know, it would have been like a, a a friendship problem. And we're like, we all respect each other. We need to like find something for the group that we all can look at this and be really proud of what we picked. So I think we all came to a conclusion that we feel like we had the best spread and nice. we all felt passionate about the, the place we picked. Yeah, um, I'm curious because a lot of theater groups start from friend groups. Mm-hmm. And so I'm curious how you balance that, uh, the dichotomy of friendship yeah. and like this sort of, you have to treat it professionally if Absolutely. you want to have be perceived professionally. Absolutely. Well, it's funny you say that because I, uh, I'm, I mean, we're still navigating it. And yeah. so we're, we're trying to figure out how to make it work. Um, Amanda and I, went to high school together. So we've known each other since we were 14. Um, and we both moved to Boise together to go to college. And then we met Caitlin in college and Amanda and I are really similar in the way that we're both super hard headed. We're both super passionate. We're both super (laughs) opinionated people. And there definitely are times when we do not agree and we butt heads and Caitlin, it's nice having three people because it kind of is like a once there's two on one, you kind of yeah. step back. And it's, 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 I think for a business, if it, Amanda and I ran this business alone, I don't know how it would go. <laughs> I don't know what would happen because we just cannot agree a lot of the time. And it's because we feel so passionately about it. We really think that it's important. And so just knowing like, okay, when, when you're running a business and you're trying to like put a, you know, a product forward that you're really proud of, sometimes you have to go, okay, well, two of us are feeling this way. Is it a, you know, a battle that I really need to fight, no step back. And so that's kind of the thing that I think saved us in a lot of situations. But yeah, we definitely get into, to, uh, pretty intense, uh, situations. But I mean, also I think a positive side of it, a lot of people don't realize is that like, we've learned how to handle conflicts as friends, Mm -hmm. like as friends, like if I do something you don't like and you're mad at me and you talk to me about it and we solve it, being able to do that and then bring that to a professional situation, I think is such an asset because yeah. so many people work with people who they don't know well, and then they don't know how to solve those conflicts. So I think it's to our advantage that the three of us know how to communicate in the way that gets specifically to the other person. Yeah. yeah. And it, that just because you have a conflict doesn't mean that the trust isn't there. Mm-hmm. And I think even more so when you have a conflict, the trust is solidified yeah, because you absolutely. just need to, you, you, there's, there's a bit of pliability that totally. everyone needs to Yeah. Have. And like, okay, well, well, you know, her side took that one. So next time her side will take this one and next time, you know, it, there's like a real give and take on it. And I think it's like prioritizing what is really worth arguing about and what really isn't. Yeah. And so that kind of stuff is, is really nice. And we're getting better at it. I mean, I think it's like, okay, the first big thing was like a big thing. Yeah. And you know, we're like, 79 big things in now so it's like okay whatever we know how to do this now what do you think the the young new modern audiences are hungry for uh in terms of theater in terms of playwriting what stories do they want to have to see Mm -hmm. that's a super good question i mean i don't know that the things that modern audiences are hungry for is any different than what all audiences have always been hungry for i think the way we look at it is audiences are hungry for things they haven't seen a billion times and yeah. translated into a billion different interpretations, yeah. you know, like I the can, crucible. I can see the crucible <laughs> like the 90th time and I'm going to be like, okay, like I kind of yeah. got the crucible. Yeah. And I think especially in a time where there's so much, Ooh, the wind, yeah. I'm going to just shut that car recording. <laughs> yeah, car recording. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, I just, I think we're at a time where, where there are so many underrepresented voices that are writing uh, incredible plays that like, why do we need to produce Arthur Miller at our festival? That's, that's just the way, and and nothing to knock Arthur Miller or people that produce Arthur Miller. But I, I think, I think that there, there are things that have not been especially in Boise, Idaho. Yeah. There are things that have not been brought to stages in Boise, Idaho that are out there and that are kicking ass in other places that I know can do well here as well. And that when you, I, I just feel like when you see theater, you don't want to see the same thing every time. And you don't want to be told, you know, these stories that you've seen 50,000 times and you want to hear new perspectives. And, yeah. and so that was really important to us was making sure that our submissions was national making sure that our casting is national making sure that we're pulling people from all over the place because you know there's a certain there's a certain amount of things that live in boise there's a certain amount of stuff that is here and i love boise to death but you know (laughs) yeah yeah, boise doesn't need to see another like white dude protagonist solves everything through love like you know what i mean sure and not that there's not value to that but like i'm 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 a little over it (laughs) you just it's really that's you're absolutely right i think in terms of audiences want to see something new audience want to Sometimes when you see the same thing over and over and over again, and there's a story structure that's been yeah. like the the Disney hero's journey story structure that's been sort yeah. of shoved in your face over and over again, that isn't challenging. Absolutely. Like that doesn't challenge your perspective. That doesn't provide you with an insight. And so I think exploring different realms, especially in fringe festivals, which are like the really best agree. place to yeah. do that, mm-hmm. um, is super valuable. Yeah. And I'm thinking even, you know, back to your original question, things that audiences really are hungering for right now is to to see a story that like you've never seen before i don't remember the last time i went and saw a play when i was like i have literally never heard this perspective or seen this yeah you know i i don't remember the last time i saw something like that because it's like okay we're there's 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 such a variety of things and i just yeah i think it's really important to be not only accepting of those things but like listening for those things and seeking those things and giving giving those voices uh platform yeah and what i guess this is kind of going into a playwriting realm but you're a playwright also mm-hmm. um what are ways that uh that the modern playwright can subvert uh subvert the standard traditional story that's a, that's a big question <laughs> that's such a big that's question that's a huge question yeah as a as a playwright in training <laughs> i I'm searching for the answer to that question. Yeah, I guess that's the that's part of the yeah. act of playwriting, right? I think that's part of the act of theater is like trying to find the new thing and trying to find something that hasn't been done. And, and, and I mean, not just for novelty, but for that experience of sitting in a theater and like having it wash over you in a way that it never has before and going mm-hmm. home and feeling that like on top of the world, like this is a different thing. I think like we're all in search of that and it's so hard to produce that. And it's so hard to be conscious of like, I'm setting out to write this play that is like the new best, biggest thing, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't think you can aim at it that way. I think that you have to just like have, have faith and trust in, in the story that you're telling and how to pick that story. I have no idea. I guess it's just, you know, whatever sparks you and whatever, you know, lights up something that, I don't know. I'm still, I'm still trying to figure it out. Based in truth is maybe yeah. something that I would say. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Oh, I had a question and it just escaped my, it was like one of those <laughs> things. I had this great, wonderful question. Um, 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 um
<laughs> I think you should keep this part. Yeah, it's definitely. Spirited. Every, <laughs> spirited. Every time in a podcast when someone says that they should edit a part out, it always they always in. keep it. Yeah, that's, uh, I think that's it's great. Awesome. I wanted to. Oh yeah. Okay. This is so. So you're a year in. Great. I got it. I got it. I came back. Um, yeah, you survived uh, it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so so you're a year into this whole process, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm sure over the course of the last year you've learned a lot. If someone else is thinking about starting up a festival of their own or starting up a small fringe theater company of their own, mm-hmm. what advice would you give? Uh, at the very beginning, like what, what are things to make sure to have like from, from day one or things to establish at day one? Well, I mean, we're still kind of in the thick of that. So yeah. ask me in a year, but, yeah. um, <laughs> things that I think I would tell myself going back, which I, I think we've, we've generally stuck to, which I'm pretty proud of is, and this part is, you know, boring and not super fun, but, and branding. And I mean, that's marketing and whatever, and that's not the fun part of theater, that's part but of I think th- it's really important to know who your audience is, and I don't know. I think there's something about this, like, masturbatory, we're doing a bunch of theater for us, and, like, no one... And, and the audience doesn't matter, and the people we're looking at doesn't matter, and we're going to do our thing. This just is is not interesting to me, you yeah. know? And I think it's really important to know, like, who is this aiming toward, and how are we trying to appear to those people? And I think that being aware of what your name is and and how you look and how you're communicating and answering messages when people ask you questions and you know just these things of like so when we were figuring out our name we had a whole bunch of different options and we landed on campfire theater festival and one of the things i'm most proud of is campfire theater festival because i think it says the whole thing on its own yeah like we didn't want to be serious we didn't want to be full of ourselves we wanted to be like a bunch of people drinking beer sitting around a fire telling some good stories having you know a good time with other people and i think that you can get that from the title or from the name of the company and from there on out that has kind of been a compass for us of how we interact with people and and the way that we want to move forward is we want to be really um communicative with the audience we want to be really willing to hear things in return not just spewing things outward and we want to be really open and we want to be low-key and we want to be approachable and so I think that that is something that we've tried really hard to do and we're going to continue to try to do at the festival is like if we did something bad tell us if you want to see something in the future let us know if you want to you know we want to be really like a thing that the community made together and like a living breathing thing that everyone puts into and gets out of every year yeah so all that to say your public presence, I think, is really important. And so that's something that we uh, we look at a lot. And I think it's important to look organized. And I think it's important to look like you know what you're doing, even if you don't. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important to do things when you say you're going to do them. And I think it's important to be an organization that people can like trust you're going to be there. Is there a, a mission statement of Campfire? Oh my gosh, there is, and I don't know it by heart. Uh, okay, that's fine. <laughs> no, that's, it's, no, I don't... it's the, the main thing of it. Okay, let me see if I can remember it. It's we want to strengthen the fabric of the American theater by building a theater hub in Boise, Idaho. Okay. That's the general gist of it. I probably paraphrased yeah. it. But yeah, there's just there's so much incredible theater happening, and when you think about theater cities Boise is like probably the you know 42nd yeah <laughs> and it's it's a shame because there's some really incredible people and incredible stuff happening in this town and I think that one thing 
as a person that didn't grow up in Boise and moved to Boise, one thing that I was really acutely aware of is that there's like one, two, three organizations that are kicking ass and doing their thing. And there's not a lot of self-starting and there's not a lot of like, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of intent to grow. Yeah. And that's something that I really, I really want, like, I would love to be able to make my life in this town for the rest of my life and make theater in this town, but it's not there right now. And working in the theater and making money in the theater is so hard. And so that's one of the things I think about as a, you know, human being, how do I pay my bills and how do I, yeah, that's how do how do you because this is national? Are you paying for anybody to get to the, the mm-hmm. festival? How did you gain those funds uh, as a startup festival? So we did a huge Indiegogo campaign, nice. which and I hate doing that kind of stuff and I hate asking for stuff, but I really feel like a lot of the community came in to support us and knew that like okay, we're starting off this thing that we're trying to do for everybody, and we just need you know that that support for this first time. So a ton of people stepped up and really helped us. So we raised a couple thousand dollars and now we have the funds to do the festival and we're hoping that ticket sales and stuff, even that out and make more for next year. So we don't have to beg for money next year. So yeah, so we have that money and we have a good bit set aside for bringing people in. We don't have a ton and plane tickets are more expensive than I thought. So it's hard. It's, it's really hard, but I think because so much of our mission is like, we want to spread outward and we want to bring people in that it's really important that we are hearing voices from people outside of Boise. So we definitely allocated funds in our budget to uh, house people and transport people and everyone, all of the actors, directors and crew are being paid. So, because another thing that was really important to us was that we were paying people because there's too many things in the theater right now that are like, okay, come like sweep the floor and like, thank you. Yeah. And you can do that all day, but like, that's not building anything. Yeah, exactly. So that was important to us. It's almost like perpetuating the the opposite of what you want. It totally is perpetuating it. And it's like, okay, I know that there are kids out there that will do that for free, but that's not what we're asking. And I want people to know that we value their work. Not that people don't value the work if they don't pay them, but it's like the money's not there. Yeah. It's hard. Exactly. And that that kind of comes back to like, acting like you're professional like it, w- when you pay an actor or a director or something like that you're giving them credit you're giving their ability credence and that like empowers them Definitely. when they go back to continue like it's like oh i got paid 100%. for this like 100 this is my skill now yep we're telling now, them that we yeah. need them we value them we think it's worth i mean obviously we would pay more if we could but yeah there's so many things that i've done that were unpaid and that was great and those are awesome learning lessons but it's like there's a point where like you need to know that that is something that people are going to invest in. Yeah. So that was really important to us. Yeah. And storytelling, we're, we're an interesting generation because storytelling, I think, is changing with the internet. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're completely interconnected. And so, like, we can see so many different yeah. types of stories. And there's something that's impersonal about the screen where if you're watching, it's so easy to just watch a film to be, like, at your house. And that's, I think getting people up away getting new perspectives in and then giving getting live human bodies performing in the same room it just changes the way that you you receive the story and that's 100%. that's it's I, there's not really a question <laughs> no i'm with you like, yeah. i'm with you it's a thing that it's it's hard to get nowadays and especially for people that aren't theater people yeah like understanding the difference of going to see a movie versus coming to a play like you can't it's hard to explain that to someone like it's hard for me to explain that to like 
my aunt or my neighbor, yeah. you know, like it's different. You have to be there. How do you reach out to those people and, and get the, the butts in the seats, so to speak? Yeah, that's the thing we're looking at now is we're opening up registration in the next couple of weeks. And part of the thing is that we don't want it to just be like a bunch of theater people watching a bunch of theater people. Yeah. I mean, that, that's great, too. But we also want it to be like a community thing where people who are not theater people feel welcome and feel like they fit in and they know where they are in this you know thing. So, yeah, that's part of what we're trying to figure out is is how to appeal to to that group. And especially as a person that is involved in the theater community, I'm not super worried about getting the theater community there. Yeah. But... They'll show up themselves. Yeah, I think they'll show up. But also, I mean, you know, we might be underestimating the, uh, the group of people in town that love theater. Yeah. I think those people are there, those people that love theater and really appreciate new stuff and are supportive and interested in... You know, the entrepreneurial spirit. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but I think they'll be there. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we're rounding out about a little bit close to half an hour right now. Is there anything in terms of artistic direction or in terms of leadership or plays or just the theater world that we haven't talked about that you want to talk about? Uh, you can take a moment if you want. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't okay. have like specific things on top of my head. Yeah, no, that's like, I <laughs> didn't expect it. Okay. So, sometimes people are like, yeah, there is this I one need to talk thing. about this thing. Yeah. Where is the theater festival actually taking place? Yeah, yeah. so the theater festival is taking place at Boise Contemporary Theater. Okay, they cool. have they're generously so allowed us to use their space for so the supportive, three days. Yeah. They're great, and they're allowing us for a little space, so thank you to them. Yeah. They're the best. How did you get in contact with them? Like, did I mean, did you know them personally? Mm -hmm. or, okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that, that's through connections. Because it's uh, sometimes those theater spaces, especially with startups, it's like, yeah, you can come use our space. It's $250 totally. an hour to rent yeah. this. And you just don't have that money. That's something we were really worried about. Yeah. Yeah, I think one thing that we're really lucky with is that because the community is small, a lot of people know a lot of people. And so kind of knowing where to turn and having those relationships is a little bit easier. I mean, not that it didn't take work to meet those people and cultivate those relationships, but it kind of is like, if you do a show, a certain group of people will show up and you will meet them there and then you will see them at the next one and then you all kind of know yeah. each other. So that part of it is nice. Yeah. It's just about entering into the community. To yeah. It's it. about taking the initiative to get out there. Definitely. Yeah. That's, is there, I know a lot of theater people who sort of, I, I've had this like, it was this illustration that's been burned into my mind of uh, the actor sitting by the telephone waiting mm -hmm. for someone to call them when really what the actor should be doing is picking up the telephone uh -huh. and, like, and calling. Uh, is there advice in terms of your when you moved to Boise, like how did you break into the scene? Uh -huh. Well, I am cursed with uh, really bad, maybe not really bad, but I'm not super great at like walking up to people and introducing myself to people. Yeah. Um, and I think I tend to have like a sort of like cold, aloof like personality, yeah. <laughs> which is not who I am, but yeah, it's just, it's hard. And so I think, and you know, to go back to this, like, dumb technology thing. But I think a lot of us are like that now because mm -hmm. we don't have to make phone calls sure. and we don't do all these things. And so a ton of people my age are in that same position where they're like, we need to be, we're in this industry where networking is key, but networking is really hard. Yeah. And and I'm not a great networker. And so I think a lot of it is, I think the problem for me is that it feels inauthentic a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. And it feels like I'm walking up to a person because I need to know them and I need to have their name on my yeah, list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I hate that. I hate I hate when they feel that way about me. And so it's really important to me that when I'm, um, you know, meeting new people and trying to get involved, that it really comes from a place of, like, we all love the art and we all love the industry and we want to be involved. And so I've 
really tried to since I've been out here be as involved as I could. I mean, I did a ton of stuff um, with the college while I was in college. And then I did an internship at Boise Contemporary Theater in my senior year. So, like, you know, I, I tried as hard as I could to meet people through that and meet people through doing other things. And it's hard. I think I think it is hard to... And especially, I mean, when these people, like, kind of live in the community and are doing great work. And, you know, they're intense. And they're, like, yeah. kind of famous in a way. And it's yeah. it's hard to be young and to be trying to break in but i mean the only thing i would say and that's the only thing i said to myself is like okay get over it like yep. go do it like that's yep. that's what it is like you have to if you want to do it go do it so yeah that's especially I've, I've had this notion of like this person has been doing theater for longer than i've been alive yeah and the conclusion that i came to is exactly get over it is like yeah you can't change that that's just like it's not your fault that you were born at a time yeah <laughs> yeah and you know one lesson i've really learned and Maybe this is just me and other people don't agree with that, but I also have had experiences with people who are twice my age who are kicking ass, introducing myself to them, and they're like, I'm so glad you're here, I'm so glad that you want to learn, and I want to teach you, and I want to have you, and then there are other people who have been doing theater for a super long time who, like, don't want to acknowledge you and, and are not interested, and that's just the difference between personality, and the thing that I have tried to teach myself as I've gotten older is not to worry about being the young one in the room and yeah. not to worry about how they're going to treat me because honestly having a having that person's name on your list or in your network yeah if they're not going to treat you well and they're not going to make you feel warm and they're not going to make you feel welcome then you don't have to have them on it's your not list worthwhile. you don't exactly you don't have to network with people that don't make you feel like you're giving and exchanging energy in the same way and that was really hard for me to learn because i wanted because i wouldn't back my head go oh well maybe you know there are opportunities and yeah. It's like people drive with certain people, and I'm really glad that I've gotten to the point in my life and in my career where I can feel that energy coming from certain people, and I can receive it, and we can see each other as artists on different levels, and that's fine, and, like, move forward in that direction. Yeah. So, that was a tough one. Yeah. But, yeah. Okay, one last question, and this is kind of coming back to the technology thing. It's going to be another big, super question. So <laughs> I'm ready. Um, and it, it's so ambiguous. <laughs> <laughs> How do you think how do you think the internet is changing the stories that we tell? Well, I mean the like surface level answer is we're telling stories about the internet. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, Good sure. answer. Nailed it. No, yeah. but I mean it's like who was I talking to? Oh, we were at Seven Devils at the Seven Devils Playwrights Conference and they were just talking about how many plays are talking about the internet and are talking about AI and are talking about space and like all these new things that like the jumps that we make forward every day are so much bigger than they used to be that it's like we're, we're struggling to keep up with all of these things that we can write about. It's like, mm -hmm. how do I write a play fast enough to get it produced before it's like obsolete? Yeah. yeah. It's so hard. Like I'm working on a, a AI play right now and I'm like struggling to get it out. Cause I'm like, this is going to be wrong in 20 years and it won't matter. Yeah. So yeah, that kind of stuff I think is really fascinating to see what people are writing. And I think it's really fascinating to see how people are, are navigating this, um, this hole between, being interconnected and being able to talk to people all the time, but also feeling so lonely yeah. and also feeling like you have all these names in your phone that you can text any five seconds, but like, are any of them really there? And are any of them really going to make you feel any more connected? And I think that that is such a universal feeling and is so hard to like get a real grasp on. So I think, I, I think seeing work that is trying to tackle those things is really interesting and seeing it in a ton of different ways is exciting. Cool. Definitely.
Yeah. Cool. Well, that felt like a nice little crest. And a cap uh, on the... <laughs> Dana, if people are looking for the Campfire, uh, the campfire Theater Festival mm-hmm. or you online, are there any plugs that you have? Is there Absolutely. That they can go? Yeah, so it's campfiretheaterfestival.com. Theater is R-E. Um, that's our website, and you can find us on, I think, Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, and I believe we have a Snapchat in the works, so basically <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, awesome. Those are the things. I just noticed that you and I have a mole in <gasps> the same place. We have matching eyebrow moles. We have matching eyebrow moles. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. You fall for like the pointy eyebrow. Yeah, yeah, right right at the top of the point. That's just what we always... <laughs> And now everyone on this podcast knows more about my eyebrow. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that's, great. That, that's the, the hard-hitting question. <laughs> <laughs> what they wanted to know. Um, uh, one last thing, I like ending my podcast with this. Uh, mm-hmm. Can I get one recommendation of anything at all from you? you know, like a movie, a book, a uh, quote, a album, anything? Oh my gosh. Um, oh, I have to pick the right one. Yeah. Okay, a recommendation. I want to name... Okay, my favorite play of all time, and it is old and I don't care, but my favorite play of all time is Bengal Tiger at the Baghdad Zoo by Rajiv. Joseph, which is old and everyone knows it, but it's great and it pulls up my heart and I love it and I recommend it to anyone who has not read it. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you so much, Dan, You're for welcome. sitting down with me. This was yeah. great. Yeah. Thanks for having um, me. If you want to find this podcast, you can find it on Facebook and SoundCloud and iTunes. Listener, thank you so much for listening and I hope you have an excellent rest of your day.